Oh. Oh. You drowning, Ben? Robots. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Send him to the Terminator. But a British Terminator. So a gentleman like Terminator. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right back in a moment. <laughs> I'm starting to Hold feel on, like chaps. doing this in the same room is actually the easy way. No. Can, can I hear your cat <laughs> fucking? <laughs> yeah. No, cat, cats fucking usually. They're either really oh, loud or they're really. Really loud. Yeah. <laughs> really loud. <laughs> they got the um the clawed penises. Hey. Yeah, they've got thorny penises, that's why. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Good conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, that's so what the, the cats say. That's what the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, welcome Jimmy to our podcast. This is what we talk about. Cat this penis. It's a- <laughs> what GTS things. Welcome to Game the System Podcast, a podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball, and everything in between. It's Friday, the 1st of May 2020, and my name is Mark Bell. My name's John. My name's Matt. And it's episode 63 and a third, not episode 64, because of reasons. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we can't do episode 64 just yet because that's the best Commodore 64 game of all time and we aren't ready to do that episode. And plus, we want to do a special episode here, um, again for reasons. Um, Reasons no one could have predicted. uh, Indeed, Mm. well at least maybe four weeks ago no one could have predicted. Mm. But we have not one, not two, but three special guests. Jimmy Nails from Netherworld's Bar Arcade. Ben Banasic from Game Traders MacArthur Square slash, slash, I can say slash, (laughs) (laughs) I've had a few beers, slash GameCenter.store, and Ben Campbell from 1989 Bar Arcade. How are we, gentlemen? Good. 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 Considering. Considering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, alive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can, yeah. It's, uh, It's interesting times for sure. Mm. No doubt about it. So yeah, this is a special episode, um, having you guys on, absolute luminaries of the arcade pinball retro game scene in Australia. Um, But before we get started on the topic at hand, I thought we could um, start with sort of an expanded intro because, believe it or not, some people might not know who you guys are. Who are those people? I know it's shocking. What? Where do they live? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, why don't we start with a little background? Perhaps we can start with you, Mr. Ben Campbell. Um, Tell us who you are and how you got into the gaming scene. Certainly how you got into the gaming scene enough to start a business around gaming. Okay, wow. Um, what, within the space of half an hour, 10 minutes, five <laughs> minutes how, 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 what's the time frame here? Tell us about when your parents met. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> it was a cold and dark night. 
back in <laughs> well it was the uk yeah, exactly so <laughs> back in 1978 um there was a brown sofa in my grandparents no okay so, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it was brown afterward <laughs> Um, yeah. Sorry, that was too much information. It's, all, it's, all, it's yeah. Um, anyway, skip potentially. How old was I when I opened eighty nine? Uh, thirty seven. Okay, so skip thirty seven years. Um, yeah, I okay. moved over to Australia uh, back in twenty fifteen, um, and I really wanted to open an arcade bar. I wanted to open one in London, but didn't get the opportunity. Um, uh, because somebody beat me to it, essentially. Uh, oh, that bar. I know, but it, or bitch. I don't but know. But it's a fantastic bar. Um, the Four Quarters in Peckham. Basically, it was an old butcher's. They turned it into a bar. Fantastic. Very South London. Awesome. Um, hmm, so surely there's space for two arcade oh, bars in London. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> but 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 but. I mean, um, not to throw a spanner I, in the works. But no, yeah. no, 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 completely. Um, but it was a bit. They were so new when I wanted to do it that I was just like, nah, it's it's mm. not not right to. And also, AF. Yeah, I not the right hemisphere. Need to choose a different. This is it, and I knew I was moving to Australia and all that kind of stuff. Sydney would be better. Well, so. Uh, my wife's from Australia, so we moved over. Um, before we moved over, I said, look, if Sydney hasn't got an arcade bar, can we open one? It was two years prior to us moving over. So Marnie said, yeah, sure, thinking somebody would open one before that. Nobody did, so when we moved over, I was like, hey, guess what? And then she allowed me to open an arcade bar using our life savings um, mm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And wow. that's very nice of her. I know. Um, and that's kind of how it all happened in a nutshell. I mean, there's tons of other stories, tons of other things. Um, mm. But just to link back to video games very quickly, growing up, always been a fan of video games, um, especially Commodore 64 coming from the UK, Last Ninja, that kind of stuff. Um, arcade mm. games, big Ninja Turtles fan. Ninja Turtles is my favorite arcade game. Um, I suddenly had an epiphany in my mid-30s when I realized I could afford an arcade game, so I bought Ninja Turtles, mm. didn't have anywhere to keep it, put it in my nan's garage, shipped it over to Australia, <laughs> and then now it's a flagship game at 89. It's also the reason why we called 1989, because that game was released in 1989. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and that's kind of it, and we've just grown mm. over the years since then. Speaking of the, nice. the opening of 1989, just to, to interject with a little story, um, you know, over the years as a kid that loves arcades, you you know, you see bright lights and like, you know, even signs that say arcade and they're all big, big teasers, you know, like it's either, you know, it's a gaming area in, in an RSL that's actually just pokies or it's, yeah, just a shopping arcade. And when I saw that 1989 uh, neon sign, I knew this was different. And I walked up to the window and I saw arcades inside. I'm like, yes, this is it. <laughs> the real thing. <laughs> it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the 1989 uh, logo is actually the Star Wars font, which is another in-joke. Oh. Yeah. So it's, nice. all, it's, all, oh, it's all part of the, part of the plan. Part of the fun, mm. <laughs> part of the part of the pop culture ridiculousness that is 1989 arcade bar. So, nice. but yeah, I, I remember meeting you, John. I remember you coming in when we were a cafe and you playing yeah. Mars System games. 
Yeah, I bought some. I bought rock and roll racing off a guy on Gumtree, and he was like, he had four Master System games, and I didn't have a Master System at the time. And he was like, oh, you got to take the whole lot, and it was cheap. It was like twenty bucks for rock and roll racing and four other Master System games, but there was all untested. So um, yeah, I asked Ben, can I come in and test them? And he was um, very nice and let me test them on his console, and they all worked, and it was. Great and yeah, fun times were had, hmm. um, and a relationship born ever since. Yes, yeah. and he was like, "So what's going on? Like, is there anything going on in Sydney?" I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, but very quickly, sorry guys. Um, it, I have to talk a little bit quietly because my five month old is literally asleep in the next room. Uh, so if I'm a little bit kind of yes. um quiet, then just to put it out there, it's not because I'm mm. in not enjoying myself, but I just have to be a little bit. A little bit quiet, sorry. Yes, that's cool. We understand. Okay. We'll also try not to yell and swear as much. Sorry, I've got my headphones on, yeah. so that's fine. Once you have the third, swear as much as possible. Once you have the third, you'll just banish yourself to the garage and not give a crap. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's cool. Let's move on to Ben Benassik. Tell us your story, Ben. Hello. Um, Hello. Well, I always played games as a kid, uh, as most of us did, and my dad bought a video store um, in Thelmere, um, the town which I now live in, and it had a couple arcade machines at the front, uh, a Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2, which is you know, two of the, the biggest arcade mm. machines at the time, and yep, it yep. came with a whole collection of Master System games, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. So the agreement was I'd give him my Nintendo... Um, for me to be able to borrow any game at any point and any system at any point from the video store. And from then... That sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, I caught the collector bug. And over the years, I was buying and selling games and collecting lots of games, particularly Sega. Uh, An opportunity came up about four years ago when I was speaking to the owner of an established game store which went in a different direction. They were doing more... Uh, collectible figures, which is Game Traders at MacArthur Square, um, and mm-hmm. discussed with him whether um, I'd open up a game store which is similar to his, but in Wollongong, um, a little way away. And he said, well, actually, I'm looking at selling. Would you consider buying here? I'm like, oh, maybe, possibly. Um, so fast forward about six months of negotiation later, I bought the store and um, changed it back to more of a retro game store. So, got rid of the the pop finals as uh, you know on the floor and you know at in every corner of the shop and returned mm-hmm. the store to more of a retro focus. Uh, and yeah, I enjoyed it ever since. And I've now got pinball machines in the shop and arcade machine, um, a couple of different place um, uh, places. And my corporation name, which is Game Center, which we're now more, you know, um, focusing on with our online sales and space. Game Center is named mm. after Game Center CX, which is a, a TV show from Japan, which um, features Arano, um, the catcher, who sits down and plays um, old classic games, which aren't always good, but forces his way through completing these games. So my store, mm. I always try and highlight games which are not as well known to people so that's including board games and trading card games that aren't really uh, the norm but um, are enjoyed by lots of people so i like providing a safe place for people to play 
uh, and we do trading card games, um, uh, board game nights, uh, and um, video game tournaments um, throughout the month, every every month, uh, and and until Corona happened, basically, and I had to move everything online. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Cool. Um, and that brings us to our third special guest, Jimmy Nails of Netherworld. Tell us your story, Jimmy. Hey, mate. So I've just, I was just thinking then back, I don't really go, usually go back this far, but back when I was 10, maybe 12, 14, my uncle was a massive gamer. And he was only like five or six years older than me. And I remember... Uh, he had a particular console and the controllers were like a, a 9 or a 12 digit pad with a dial on it. Uh, oh. Yeah. I'm just, uh, maybe an Intellivision or something like that. Uh, ColecoVision or Intellivision. Yeah. Intelli- is that what it is? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. If it had Shark so Shark, it'd be Intellivision. Yeah. So I can remember that. I remember playing Pong at his place. Uh, and then my brother, younger brother and I were pretty mad into um, uh, Atari 2600, played a lot of Sequest and Berserk and Frogger and um, stuff like that. And then into, we had a couple of divey, dangerous arcades in our local town growing up. So I used to hang out there a little bit. And then, um, <laughs> as you do, used to sneak out there at night. Um, and then I guess... Uh, always pinball was in a lot of those arc- those arcades, but I don't remember playing as much pinball back then, more arcades. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably a lot of people listening would know that uh, the ACDC pinball tournament in 2012 was a bit of a um, catalyst moment for competitive pinball in Australia. I competed in that. I was going to say, uh, yeah. that, I think that machine in particular was a catalyst for... A big resurgence of pinball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, absolutely, absolutely true. Um, I think I came seventh in the Victorian finals, and I told everyone that I was the seventh best pinball player in Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> but I was absolutely not. Damn. My God, was I bad at pinball then? Um, but oh, then, you could make an argument for it, surely. Well, I, well this, I had the paperwork to prove it, but. Um, <laughs> I soon learned because from there I went back to the bar I was owning, uh, uh, running in uh, in Melbourne, and started running a monthly pinball club, and then started running some majors and some pretty old school pinball guys came out of the woodwork who could really play, like Wal Dickey and uh, Johnny Crabtree. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys have met Wal, but um, the legendary uh, pinball wizard witches. jacket, dude. Yeah, it's it is oh, the yeah. best. Um, so yeah, Wall's got heaps of cool stories of you know playing competitively in the '90s and stuff. Which uh, I don't know if there's much data around what happened then, but those guys still used, did used to compete. Um, and then you know the the club at the Peacock went well. The majors, the little majors that I ran went well. So started theorizing a an arcade bar and became pretty obsessed with the idea. Um, uh, kind of similar timeline to Ben. I, I was living in Melbourne at the time and Bartronica opened kind of while I was in the depths of putting together my own business plan. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, just through life and family and, 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 and looking to start a family, we ended up moving up to Brisbane to be closer to my wife's family. So Brisbane didn't have an arcade bar, so worked pretty hard and pushed pretty hard to find some people up here that had had the similar ideas to me and 
Certainly found that in uh, Ben, my business partner here. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, another Ben. Another Ben. Ben, yeah, Ben N. He would have been tonight if we'd got him on. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that came. Uh, we probably looked for venues, you know, looked for sites for six months, and then um, found this old abandoned pub at the top of the valley and dusted mm-hmm. off two years worth of pigeon poo and dirt and threw some games in. Wow! So it was actually and, not hmm. occupied. For a while, yeah, it had been empty somewhere between eighteen months and two years. So, got some yeah, wow. photos of how it looked, and a great photo of like me showing around my six months pregnant wife in just like a tip, <laughs> of a place. <laughs> and just the, I have a photo of literally her face going, "What the yeah. hell have you done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have I signed up for?" <laughs> yeah. uh, but they're really good photos. They, you know, the contrast to what it looked like to three months later when we opened um, are pretty cool. Hmm. Like it's hmm. a beautiful pub. It's all the front rooms, all heritage listed. So all those those tiles at the front and on the outside of the building. Um, I don't hmm. think we've been in the front there, but those kind of light green tiles we've got on the inside. Um, yep. Which someone once described to me as urinal chic, which I think is pretty close. <laughs> Which that that bar would have been a urinal back in the day. Like the, um, it still has the, it still has the um, grates in the floor for when they would have just hosed the bar out at, at bar time back, you know, 60s, 70s, and 80 when they shut the bar at six o'clock every night. Wow, nice. They would have, they would have just hosed it out. <laughs> Is that how you still do it now? Just after a busy night, you yeah. just hose the place down. Just get the fire hose out. <laughs> Uh, but it's looking pretty ramshackle again now, actually, because it's we've just we've been shut for six weeks now, I guess. So it's looking mm. more, and more like a storage warehouse and a bar at the minute. Mm. Yeah, yep. It's amazing how fast your business, which like um, was ready for the public, turns into that storage type of. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, because for us, for it was like two days, and then I'm like, oh god, I can't have any customers in here. There's cardboard and garbage everywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's shit all over the place yep. the stock is just thrown everywhere um yep. so everything like functioned and then yeah immediately it's like as soon as the door's shut and staff are functioning still in that space it just turns to a mess um. <laughs> denny devito in the chat said um he remembers walking into netherworld for the first time he said it's just an absolutely amazing experience and yeah i can back that up the first time i walked into netherworld yeah it was it was incredible I didn't think of a toilet, by the way. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so at the minute, we've got a couple of... We've been streaming a lot, so i got a couple of nice little stations set up. So we've got, like, the the desk where we stream trivia and the DJ... Uh, the decks are set up on stage for, for DJ sets. And um, I've got my little pinball streaming zone. Uh, mm-hmm. But everything else around that is is a... Is a bit of a bit of a show at the minute. <laughs> that probably leads us on to the topic for today, um, and that is around the whole COVID nineteen thing. So, um, you know, you're all business owners. You've all been severely affected by COVID nineteen, um, and your circumstances are going to be a bit different. Uh, you'd be coping in different ways. So, you know, that's that's understandable. 
um, but ultimately all of your physical locations are closed um, and you've had to completely rethink how you operate um, and I guess so I just want to really open the floor up to you guys um, for you to have a conversation about what's happening I mean I, I didn't particularly want to have a question and answer session um, from me or the podcast hosts but rather just an open conversation so um, I mean you guys are the, the most intimately involved in the retro gaming scene as you know your business relies on it you literally live it every day so just opening the conversation to you guys and anyone can go first um, what's the situation like and, and how are you coping? Oh. <laughs> I, I know that's a tough question <laughs> uh, well, yeah it's an interesting question though because I, I totally agree I think between the three of us um, we definitely probably there's going to be different aspects of what's got, well there's the ultimate thing that's happening out there in the world which is terrifying and awful and uh, is affecting all of us but in terms of our individual businesses yeah I can imagine there's certain aspects that are a bit different. I guess um, since I'm the first one to pipe up, um, uh, with 89 being a small bar, um, I mean, yeah, we closed on the 23rd. Um, before that, uh, we kind of knew two weeks before, obviously, all the license venues were asked to close mm. that things weren't going well. So, you mm. know, unfortunately we had to talk to some of our casuals, um, had to let a couple of them go, unfortunately. Uh, but being a small bar, you know, the first casuals that we unfortunately had to let go were the guys and girls that had like one, one, um, shift with us a week. Um, but that wasn't nice. Mm. Um, and then, we had to think about what we were going to do with our uh, longer time, more full-time staff who now we're obviously looking after through JobKeeper because it's pretty much a 100% loss of revenue closing the doors. Uh, mm. I mean, that was the first thing, uh, just to open that up in terms of what happened when we shut. Right. I remember speaking to you, Ben, and when you had that discussion, this was before the JobKeeper program, and you'd, you'd yeah. said to Ross, keep him on, um, mm. no matter how. And I, that week, you know, over that fortnight, we had nine staff, and then we had zero staff, and then we had all staff, and then we had four staff. It was just <laughs> upheaval, like just because of government policy kept changing. Yeah, um, that, that, that was a tricky thing. That yeah, was yeah. the most heartbreaking for for us because it's the same timing, really. So whilst I'm I'm retail and um, your bar, we do with the trading card tournaments. You can't like have people in close proximity to each other actually playing games. So I was looking at sixty percent, plus all the retailers around me are going stuff. This we're closing the doors. Um, but yeah, that 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 initial. It's interesting hearing you say the same thing and I'm wondering for Jimmy, is, is that what came up for you? The staffing thing is that human element, I guess, of people that you see yeah. and know every day of the week and having to have those discussions with them as to, you know, yeah. if you close the doors, there is no money to pay them because it's all week by week, every week. There's no hmm. um, pot of gold which is sitting in a bank ready to pay people indefinitely. Yeah, like you said, I mean, the the week the news changed literally by the hour. So we were 
we were having meetings and making plans and then in the news that night everything would change and you'd get back together and that 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 first week felt like a uh, three months really and we went from mm. you know talking about having to let everybody go to uh, we were on the verge of um paying out everybody their entitlements and saying goodbye to them all and we'll see you on the other side and that was we were planning that for monday and i think it was on the sunday night the whatever it was eight o'clock or ten o'clock at night the job keeper was announced yeah. um, and ben and i were watching that separately and i text ben and he's like man i haven't i haven't breathed in 15 minutes because every every word that's coming out of their mouths and every question the reporters are asking is like life and death for us it was mm. uh, it was pretty wild uh, mm. we were thrilled that you know all the staff could stay on we only had a couple of staff that didn't match the or didn't hit the 12 month threshold so we were very lucky that you know probably 90% of our 95% of our staff could would stay on through JobKeeper uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah we, we're fifty percent down, but I, I'm wondering. So, we we use zero, and I don't know if you use MyOb or zero, but you know how you do your your rostering for the week before. Um, yeah. So that roster for me, that draft roster, it was uh, five times it changed over yeah. <laughs> over a four day period. Yeah. It's like recreating yeah. the entire roster and then deleting and then changing again and yeah. deleting. <laughs> Yeah. That was, um, that was and like a you. terrifying thing, man. Like those, yeah, those yeah. two to three weeks, just like everything, like, yeah, everything changed every other mm. day. Mm. Um, and then trying to keep up with that and keeping in touch with everybody. And I think our overriding mentality was, well, look, um, you know, if, if it is goodbye now, it's not goodbye, hopefully forever. If, if businesses are able to bounce back and if we're able to keep, 89 alive then you're all coming back as soon as the doors open again you know that's that's kind of the conversations we've been having with the boys and girls that you know we weren't able to look after which is uh mm. yeah not not fun not fun at all no no not at all um yeah it's a pretty horrible situation worldwide and and you know we, we all are understanding of the health impacts and all of that um and the economic impacts are also just absolutely massive and some businesses just won't return and some businesses will come back completely different um yeah it's really really tough new towns interesting sorry sorry guys i'm no good at this um if i'm interrupting people i just want to say i'm (laughs) sorry right now because um but uh (laughs) new town is crazy man i mean i was in the bar today doing some bits and pieces but a lot of retail is gone. There's so many empty shops mm. on King Street. Mm. One could say there's a lot of empty shops on King Street anyway, but there is more yeah. now. I've seen a lot of um, a lot of clothing stores actually um, have closed down, um, mm. and there's a lot of empty mm. empty shops. That's uh, sad. Are you seeing any sort of return this week? Because it looks like. Um there's a potential for my centre to reopen uh, early next week. So we're, we're probably going to return in some form, whether it's just a staff member behind the counter, but just engaging online. Um, there's a lot of pressure, I feel, just from general retail to return, but not a, a lot of potential return because you still have the, you know, the premiers and prime ministers saying, yeah, you know, support your local businesses and, yeah, buy the essentials, but make sure you don't leave your house. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a very mixed message, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's really hard to talk to people. And you have the media constantly saying that we're in lockdown. We're not actually in lockdown in any state in Australia, really. It's, it's the US, which is, a, you know, some, some states are actually complete lockdown. That's what a lockdown means. We, we have restricted trade in different areas. Um, yeah. But I think the perception is that you should not be leaving your home. And mm. it's, it's a really bizarre thing. Where you're sitting in this space, and I, I'm feeling this pressure because there hasn't been a blanket statement saying, you know, yet bars are open or bars are closed. Um, we we sit in this this space in between general retail and intimate intimate retail, um, you know, which includes cafes and um, those sort of, of venues. And I'm I'm just not sure what to do, um, and it changes by the hour. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I mean, you guys are all in very high-touch businesses, for lack of a <laughs> better term. I mean, do you think after this whole thing sort of goes away, and whether it will or not, I don't know, but is the type of business you do changed forever, or do you think it's going to just go back to normal? Um what, what do you think about that? Because, I mean, people's perceptions of hygiene and so forth has probably changed forever. Um, will we ever go back to, you know, 100 people in a bar, um, you know, touching buttons next to each other and all that kind of stuff? Or, or are things going to be different forever? I mean, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I think if there's a vaccine in the future, um, that'll bring people back um, in some way, shape, or form. But I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I haven't really sat down and thought long and hard about that aspect. I mean, the only thing I can think of at the moment is how it's all going to slowly drip feed back and how that's going to affect businesses, especially um, hospitality and retail because of that yeah. aspect. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a reversing of everything that's been put in, which isn't going to be putting a lot of trust and faith in the public in terms of like, hey, it's safe. Oh, you want to go to a bar? It's like what they announced today for restaurants, which is the potential of restaurants reopening, but there's got to be 1.5 meter social distancing, um, mm -hmm. disposable cutlery, all that kind of stuff. None of that sounds safe. None of that sounds yeah. attractive. I mean, I'm not interested in going and having a meal just yet in a restaurant if those are the kind of stipulations. But then the crazy thing is the stipulations have to be in there. They have to be there because it's, you know, we're high-risk venues. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So and that, that, sorry. For mine, I, I, I know there are young guys and, and women who um, they're only – night out of the week is to go and play D&D in my store um, mm. each each week or each fortnight. They're from low mm -hmm. socioeconomic backgrounds. Um, disability pension um, you know, is, is, is very common with these people. Or they're playing trading cards and, yep, they, they engage with people and they're desperate to have that. So whilst it, it doesn't sound ideal, um, they're desperate for some sort of connection that way. And we will run those things for those people if if I can possibly do it. But the reality is um, 
a lot of the suppliers for my store, which are you know the, those card games and also video games, are recognizing that online is now a medium um, which is a necessity for people, not just a want um, or desire for people, and they're moving their product online or they're moving that availability online. Konami announced um, overnight that they're going to be taking over the running of weekly tournaments for Yu-Gi-Oh. That basically kills oh, wow. off um, Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments for all stores, but people are still wanting to buy cards off us. So it's basically so it turned us into an online retailer of single cards. Now, hmm. if you don't have that facility to purchase um, cards online or having a staff that have moved to online engagement, um, I think that you're falling behind in my industry. But that that's an advantage, I think, of us to, to try and hold on to some of my customer base or community. Um, mm -hmm. if, if I was in um, uh, Ben or, or Jimmy's position in, in running arcades that's that's a higher risk um and it's really up to the community surrounding whether they're buying the growlers or buying the, the products and engaging with the, the the bars continually um so i have an advantage in that way but my landlords are seeing that advantage and they want to continue to charge you know the full rent or or expect us to full uh you know uh, open um trade tomorrow as if things were all like normal and and things are not hmm that's i mean yep. yeah absolutely that's just crazy. just thinking about like just thinking about the physical reality of a of an arcade bar with the 1.5 meter wall so you would <laughs> imagine the wall of machines of pinballs and arcades you'd either have to have every second game off Ooh. or or pull games out and spread them out around the room Mm. putting a metre and a half between them because you couldn't have a bank of people standing at machines because they're only half a metre or less. Uh, and there's there's passing distance as well, Jimmy. So what's what's your yeah. square metre? Uh, the venue itself is 400, but it's because of the weird shape. So if we, yeah. if we were to open um, with this rule, we'd be able to get 80 people in. Yeah, and um, then you'd have to probably set up, walk in one way, walk out the other way around that bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just Ben, you said before, like e even if if that were the restrictions, and you know we had markings on the floor about where you could walk and where you where you could stand, I, I still think people would come because people would be desperate to get out and desperate to do the things that they love and uh, and play the games yeah. and and do the things that remind them of you know what's what's normal and what's fun and get back to the things that they like doing. Um, even if it means, you know, queuing to get in or like Ben at 1989, what would you go to down to like 20 people allowed in or something like that? Yeah, this is, this is, um, the thing I just had my capacity, um, uh, expanded. <laughs> I, I can, I can now legally have a hundred people in my bar when I was 60 yeah. before. So, Oh, the irony. Oh, the irony. <laughs> um, so, um, with the, with the two floors, I don't know, I'll have to work it out, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it, we would definitely have to have every other machine off one door in one door out. I mean, going up yeah. and down those stairs, I might not even be able to open up stairs. Like it's, it's that kind of weird drip feed reopen thing. I mean, yes, I agree. People will want to go out because we're all going a bit stir crazy being stuck in. But it's just, I don't know, it's, 
it's just going to be a tr- tricky, tr- tricky times for us. Yeah, yeah there's a cost. Be, there's a cost yeah. element to it as well. Like you're going to have to have someone on the door counting numbers. It's fine for Big W to have that or Kmart. They, they're yeah. a multi-million-dollar international corporation. Uh, uh, you know, owned by these these multinationals. Um, that's a really hard thing to say to a small business owner, like like the three of us. Have how can we duplicate the staff of having someone behind the bar? Um, or, you know, counter, and then having someone at the counter and counting people that are in store. We're just going to have to rely on <coughs> customers to follow the mm. rules. And if they don't, we're going to cop the fine if, yeah. if it's enforced. Yeah. And for, li- for licensed venues, I would say they would insist on you having paid security guards there. Yeah. Is it still no, the case? That's is what they'll the do. So you- Sorry. Yeah. You, you go again, Timmy? Oh, just yeah. I'm I'm confident that they would even if now in Brisbane with the um, ID scanners, uh, it has to be a licensed security guard operating it. Uh, even me as the as the licensee can't operate the um, the scanner. So yeah, I do I do imagine that if we are opening with restrictions, that it have to be a licensed person on the door. Uh, which hmm. so that just makes it even more prohibitive to actually open. Expensive. Yeah, mm. I was going to say, Jimmy, how's the? Because we're going to start doing the bottle stuff next week. Because we got, I did a little bit of um, stock delivery and all that kind of stuff a few weeks ago, and now we're like right. with a jobkeeper and being able to have the boys back and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're going to do more bottle stuff next week, like router fills, all that kind of stuff. How are you guys right. going with the canning and? Um, all that kind of business is that has that been okay has it been good yeah it's been really fun like because we you know when we close we shut all the beer lines down and cleaned all the taps and cleaned everything up so having um just getting the beer lines back on and having a beer out of the taps was a glorious uh moment <laughs> for me um, <laughs> so um i think one of the lucky things is um, having, I guess, unique beers because we were right in the middle of a beer festival when we closed. Um, Bruce Vegas was running. We were, we shut on Tuesday. We had a beer event booked for the Thursday and a beer event booked for the Saturday. So we've got a couple of collaborations and unique beers in the basement. So um, having unique beers has helped draw people uh, back to the venue, but um, mostly finding that it's, you know, our, our regulars just want to come down and support any way they can. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah. So, literally, people standing at the door going, How can I give you money? <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great, man. Make that sure be, you, that's so cool. Yeah. We want to make sure you're here on the other side. So, mm. um, and yeah, no, uh, exclusive for you guys as well. We're going to start, we're going to open the kitchen next week as well, which is really exciting. Um, so, oh, nice. Just, that's probably been the biggest request online and, and at the door here is can we get the kitchen going so we're going to open up for some food. Um, and That's just, a pretty great compliment for the kitchen. Yeah, I know. And we're going to just do, just do the vegan stuff because, you know, every venue is doing the same type of thing. So we'll stick to, to what our, I guess, point of difference is and open up and uh, hmm. uh, I think that's... So is that going to be... Um, people coming in and ordering or is it going to be like no entirely um, online and, and just well, I had this thought before is you know we you know we, we've had some concerns with 
wanting to open the doors, but you don't, you don't want it to be too busy because you don't want the front of your door, you don't want the front of your building swarming with people because mm. it looks socially irresponsible and there's a, there's a part of you that is like, am I doing the right thing by even serving this person or serving this beer or, you know, inviting yeah. people to get out of their homes when we all know we should be staying at home. So there's, it's been a bit of a back and forth between between us all just wondering if we're doing the right thing but um mm -hmm. especially now i mean we've got this is only our second weekend and restrictions have open are opening up tomorrow so i feel like on that end we've we've kind of come back at the right time um yeah and i feel like the food's going to go pretty silly next weekend but um you know we're, we're going to put signs up and mark the floor mark the pavement out clearly and um just make sure we're doing the right things and hand sanitizer. Um, yeah, nice. Even looking then, at like, doing the same in my store, like marking the floor. Yeah. Way to mark the floor, so you can. Yep. <laughs> and I know the front of your your bar, Jimmy, like around the corners. Like how, which way is the mm. the queue gonna go? And then you have to just assume everyone's yeah. gonna follow the right. Yep ruling um and yeah. then you have two people coming from the same household and everyone gets judged if they're standing next to each other yep exactly right and then mm. we are encouraging well we're we're saying that you can only order online you, you can order at the door we won't tell you that you can't but ideally we're pushing everyone to order before you leave when you get here it'll be ready so it's only a very short interaction at the door mm. um actually letting people in we've got a door a table across the doorway and we're just serving um, so far it's been pretty good the most you know it's pretty rare that you're getting more than two or three people there at once it's a pretty um, constant trip of people coming through um, hmm. but, but next week will I'm sure next week will be different with the feedback we've got from, from the idea of doing food um, yeah, no, yeah and again talking, talking about you know if, if restrictions if they do say you can open the bar but with one person every four square meters like we'd have to even think about is it is it worth doing that or do we just hold out and wait an extra couple of weeks and hope that they go um you know with no restrictions and you can open with it at full capacity yeah um, just because of how difficult and awkward it would be and potentially cost prohibitive if if you've got to have security guards there counting people and liquor licensing, hmm. liquor licensing have come through every weekend we've been open but um I feel like it's probably because there's not a lot for them to do at the minute, apart from the <laughs> shops, so they just been dropping yeah. by. And they've been okay. They normally can be pretty uh, aggressive, but they've mostly been asking about how are people behaving and are they, how are people social distancing and what, what um, steps are you taking to keep people safe? So um, that's a step from their normal... Uh, what steps? Uh, Closing uh, the bar? <laughs> 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 we got a tip off um, when the so the bars were closed and then they were looking at, at closing um, other retail and you, know, you had those those words from Premier and Prime Minister saying you, know, you really have to stay home um, and I know some people who work in um, uh, plainclothes police or secret service type type roles and we had a, a tip off that on the Thursday and Friday, um, plainclothes police were going to go through all of the centres and it was ended up being true. They were taking photos of people and how close they were and then sending warning letters to um, retailers that weren't complying and then ended up fining um, retailers. So, yeah, there were a couple of cafes that got pinged um, at, yeah. at MacArthur mm -hmm. Square. 
Um, and, and the same is for every single centre across the entire country. That There was just one or two retailers in every single centre that was just fine just to show, look, these things are serious and you guys have to comply. Um, and that was that at that point. I'm like, well, I can't, like, I can't stop people standing at my counter looking through cards or I'm going to have to end up asking them to leave and that's going to offend them. So we're really stuck in this hard place of, of what do you do? Now everything's been closed. It's actually, um, I can, I can bring back things in, um, the means in which I think would work. Like you're saying, Jimmy, you know, we, we can assess things and think, well, it's, if it's worth it or what can we do to, to, you know, abide by these rules. And I think it's going to be easier coming back than it was closing. But those, that week or two weeks of closing, it was just so hard because you didn't know what you're allowed to do and, um, what was, what was allowable with the rules, which just kept changing every single day. Mm, I got to say, I was, um, kind of actually relieved um to a certain uh respect when uh they did say license venues have to close because that last week of being open i just wasn't good with it i just man i just was looking at the guys was looking at the bar going we're we're freaking health risk you know it's um i wasn't wasn't having a good time that last week of being open i was it sounds weird but as soon as the government said license venues closed i was like good <laughs> because yeah, yeah. that we netherworld took a massive gamble because we shut the wednesday of that week and that yeah. was like <laughs> that that was the longest week of my life because we we took a gamble that the government were going to say say exactly that that at some stage that week and for them to say it late on the sunday night was um but from the time we called it on Tuesday afternoon to that following Sunday was the, the longest week of my life. And that's, we had a meeting on the Monday and there was a few tears because we knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife didn't want to open even on the Tuesday. And we <clears throat> we did open on the Tuesday and after like 20 minutes, Ben looked at me and went, um, I'm calling it, we're, we're done. Just because it just didn't feel, feel right. Um, there was no one there anyway. <laughs> for that point mm, yeah. uh, the streets were already a ghost town like you know the, the the public had probably had already made up their mind at that stage anyway um you know still yeah. now but fortitude valley was a was an absolute ghost town from from that day on anyway yeah yeah well yeah. and fortitude valley is like a seething mass of bodies usually yeah. so yeah. that's mm. just bizarre yeah, we were laughing today about what it's going to look like when restrictions open and how <laughs> how absolutely mental it's going. Even with even if it's you know we're opening at everyone's opening at half capacity or whatever, it'll still be a it'll still be pretty wild out there. I would say. Yeah, and that goes back to what um, Ben C was talking about about Newtown. I mean, Newtown's usually just packed. I mean, it's party town seven days a week and. Again, it's like the valley. Well, the valley's yeah. like sort of concentrated, just seething massive bodies, whereas Newtown's a bit bigger. So it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people, but it's more spaced out. But, I mean, there's just constant people just partying and, yeah. you know, getting drunk and having fun. And, and Ben C was talking about how now it's just, you wouldn't recognise it. It's, yeah, it's just bizarre. It's weird. Mm. What's going to be interesting is the street's going to be full of people queuing to get into venues. 
Yeah. I've got to say, though, it's like, um, so, gosh, we've been closed since the 23rd. So when the day after the government announced it, me and Ross went in and we just we just wiped the floor clean. We moved out games, cleaned the beer lines, took all the spirits out, took all the cash out. Like, 89 is a shell at the moment. Um, a dusty shell. I went in today. Um, and it's now, it's like, we're actually just starting to think about, okay, if we do reopen, what do we need to do? So, from next week, finally getting... All the issues, guys and girls, with the arcades fixed. <laughs> oh, button replacement! All those, all those sticky buttons. Gallagher will have some. Gallagher will have some sound, hopefully. And back on know, free play. Yeah, It'll things will. There'll be no free play because I'll actually have working arcade games. Um, so it's quite. <laughs> in, in, you know, just to kind of talk about the flip flop. It's quite nice to. Um, be able to take a little sit back and go, okay, what are all the things that it would be nice to do with the venue that I've always wanted to do? And I don't know, Jimmy and Ben, if you're feeling the same, there's certain aspects where you're looking at it going, oh, I finally got time. Like, wow, I finally sorted out a bloody Twitch channel for 1989, which I've been meaning to do for three years. Finally, <laughs> Newtown. Newtown actually has MBN now. Can you freaking believe Ooh, holy it? Holy shit. Yeah, so we're getting that finally put in um and we're going to fix up all the games so it's quite just talking about um even though you know positives i guess we've all got to remain opt optimistic and positive about everything um that's quite nice to be able to kind of take a step back and go okay cool i've now got times to do these things so jimmy mm. and ben what are you guys doing <laughs> <laughs> well um for me, I had this intention of the last month actually uh, logging and putting on all of my trading cards. However, um, my web orders um, have increased and my uh, trade-ins have been quite okay. Um, like I've got a, a couple of trade-ins, but they've been quite big. And my workload in regards to legislation and then doing all of the JobKeeper stuff um, and then setting up the rest of the website, because we're in this transition of of moving across from one point of sale system to another. Um, so my, my workload has actually increased the last month and I haven't done any of the stuff that I was intending on doing, which kind of sucks. So mm -hmm. what I'm looking at is next week reopening um, with staff standing behind the counter doing really just um, web pickups only. Uh, they can, you know, people can come in and purchase games on the shelf, but single cards, which is um, a good 20 to 40% of my business every single month, plus add-ons, which is an extra 20%, so 60% of my business every month, is still going to be run online only. And then I'm going to use the next month, basically, to get all that stuff logged and, and put online. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, my, my to-do list... Um, has actually increased and um, it it's really difficult with with family life because you know I've been home but actually been frantically working the entire time so I haven't mm -hmm. got to spend any time with you know new daughter 
and family, yeah. um, my wife's baby, yeah. uh, my wife's birthday, sorry. Um, <laughs> it was her baby, but yeah. <laughs> um, but my wife's birthday, the last, um, last weekend, didn't really get to spend much time together at all. Um, and then there's, you know, all of the other things, you know, like your kids are going to school and it's, I've just been, been vacant as if I've been working, but the hours have actually increased. Um, I haven't picked up a damn control pad for a, a month. Um, <laughs> this is killing me. It's, it's very, very hard. I must say that the, um, I guess when you talk about being absent and busy, that the first couple of weeks of Netherworld being closed, you know, you're just kind of frantically refreshing the news because things are changing so, mm. yeah. so rapidly and every day or a couple of times a day what, what you can and can't do is changing. I guess that's faded a bit. Um, but now yeah, are you guys to... ignoring the Prime Minister notifications you get on your phone now, like from Guardian or whatever, saying, oh, yeah, the PM's giving an update every day? Yeah. I know yeah, the first week I'd rushed to the TV, but now I'm like, yeah. 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 <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was one like that today. Uh, my wife was watching it, and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll read the update yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but remember, like three weeks ago, you'd rush to like the other room going, yeah. oh, my gosh, what is he yeah, saying? <laughs> I was watching the whole thing and, and Brianna's like, oh, this is, you know, boring. I get the gist. And I'm like, no, there's like important information in every second of this thing. <laughs> yeah. We're thinking we're watching like Churchill's speeches or something. And then re in reality, <laughs> next year, everything is going to be forgotten. It's all going to like truncate into like one or two moments and that's it. It's so um, did we want to break for a little bit for people to get new beers or is everyone okay for a drink i would like a beer i could prefer I'm, I'm gonna duck up and get a pint of stout oh yeah, nice that sounds good let's break for five minutes or so cool okay okay cool I'm actually drinking wine. I'm gonna gonna get another glass of wine. Oh, lardy dog. Yeah, I just too much beer is just it's good, but it's I can't get up in the morning as early. I refilled my wine glass and finished <gasps> the bottle. John's on wine as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was on wine yesterday. I'm drinking so one posh. of the one of the bottles that I bought from you, Ben. <gasps> um, Sorry. It's a Cab Sav from the Murray Darling region. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. it. I've got the. Uh, I'm on the Malbec. Did you buy a bottle of Malbec from us as well? I think I bought one of every red oh, that you the, had on offer. The Malbec <laughs> is um, particularly I, good. I don't think I've had had the Malbec. It's so it's, to... um, it's guzzable. It's very nice. Guzzable. Awesome. Guzz. Do you, do you have a full catalogue of the stuff you're selling? Um, we will do. I'll probably post um, a uh, menu on on our Facebook next week when we launch. The bottle idea is only going to go from Friday, Saturday, Sunday until we run out of stock. So yeah. um, I actually shot a, uh, a little promo video with Ross and myself today. <laughs> uh, so that'll be, hopefully I'll get that done and online on Monday. 
Yeah. My, anything um, like the launch of the kitchen area. The Pembor. Should be good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's actually better. I quite like this one. Uh, so, yeah. Ben cool. C knows how to do video. Video. Yeah. I got um, awesome. your 1989 added to my brother's Growler um, website. I'm getting <clears> some. Uh, oh, is that the Find My yep. Growler? Oh, no way. That's your brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He. We, uh, us Banasics are a weird bunch. We come up with ideas and then, I'll say. like, create more work for ourselves than is good. So, yeah, that, that is him. Oh, that's um, great. Is that, that's I that think he's been on pedestrian and everywhere? stuff because my sister is connected to media outlets. So, it's oh. weird, weird family. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so that's my brother. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, he, he asked me and he's like, oh, so do you know any bars i'm like yeah yeah you know netherworld 1989 so he added both of you and he's like oh i don't know if they're doing it all the time but you know they're not going to be angry with more advertisement i'm like nah fuck it don't worry about it don't ask them just put them. <laughs> they <laughs> won't I, care we like to be niche but yeah advertising is good <laughs> we like to be a secret yeah. so that no one knows about <laughs> that's us. my business plan it's working right <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'm the opposite. We're known, but I want to change that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bad news, everyone. I I don't have any double IPA anymore, so I'm going to have to drink double the amount of beers. What um, what double IPAs were you drinking? (laughs) Um, It was the double Energizer, I think it's called. And I've got one 16-bit left in the fridge. Is Jimmy back? I'm back, mates. Thank you. What stout are you drinking, Jimmy? Uh, Akash is Sequoia? Sequoia? How do you spell that word? Say that word. Bloody hell. Sequoia America. If you can't pronounce it, then it must be a pretty good craft beer. Sequoia? (laughs) The more you drink, you can start pronouncing it. Akash. The the thing about Akash's beers, they're all based around um, the uh, fifth element. They all have connections back to the fair yeah. element. The movie? Yeah. All right. Let's let's continue. Um, Denny DeVito in the chat has a question, and some of this might have been covered a little bit before, but um, maybe we can go over it again. As a result of COVID-19, has there been any changes to your businesses during this time that might become permanent fixtures moving forward, e.g. online orders, deliveries, takeaways, more online merchandising, etc.? Definitely for us, well this, uh, talking about before about, you know, being forced to do stuff or having this extra time, we had previously never had an online store on the Netherworld site, so we set that up at the start and we've got more merchandise up online, well, the first merchandise we've ever put online and now we've got all of our t-shirts up there. Um, nice. That will stay as a fixture, you can buy vouchers online, that's going to stay as a fixture. I could buy... The Point Blank and Tony Hawk pins, which I'm so excited about. <laughs> Those pins for days. The pin set sold out really well. Sold really well. And then also, we've I've been talking about, actually, funnily enough, while I was in Sydney the other month with, with, with some of you, I, me and Luke ended up at a cocktail bar in the back of a laneway somewhere because uh, Luke is the gentleman that makes all the house-made sodas here at the bar. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, we were fantasizing about canning them and selling them over the bar and then uh, 
this happened and we bought a canning machine so now we are canning the sodas they're proving to be really popular so going forward when if, if and when everything gets back to normal we'll definitely continue um, canning the sodas and selling them over the bar awesome yeah nice. that's great yeah, cool. yeah. I've given him a green light to be a lunatic the next few weeks so he, he <laughs> he's got some pretty wild flavour ideas I don't know if you saw that we've done he did a tomato soda last week Oh my so, gosh! Jesus. So it's like it's clarified tomato juice. So the soda itself looks like lemonade, um, but it is unmistakably and pungently fresh tomato. It is wild. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, it actually goes really well because we did it for our um, our shandy event, which is why I was in Sydney because we did the chandelier or the shandy beer with Grifter. Um, and the idea of the event was to make shandies at the bar, so um, matching Luke's sodas with Grifter beers, and the tomato soda goes unbelievably well with um, wow. a stout, <laughs> Omen stout. Oh, no way. That sounds great. Yeah. Holy oh, shit. man. Wow. It is really That's good. Awesome. I, I, we also thought it would go really well with, uh, with the lager, and it does not. Oh. <laughs> but experimentation is good though man that's yeah, great but with a stout it goes really well and then like our the peach soda went incredible with a pale ale uh, yeah we had some really fun combinations there uh, and he could have he could have last week come and pick them up from the from the door which is we were we were really busy so but really excited to do canned sodas um, going forward that's great that's so cool nice yeah what about you, uh, the Bens? Do you guys have things that, you know, going forward um, is going to change? <laughs> well, for me, yes. Um, everything? Yeah, everything. <laughs> so um, my online sales have gone up. My engagement with the community has gone up. We decided, like, Discord has been a request from my community for a long time, but I've always said, well, if you want to play with tournaments and you want to come and engage, uh, inside the store is the way to do it because we're face-to-face business and that's not possible anymore. So bit the bullet and said, okay, we'll do the, the Discord. Um, so now we're at 150-odd people, uh, or just shy of 150 people, which are playing games every day of the week, um, engaging with each other, um, just doing... DIY sessions with deck building of TCG mm. games and then like coming together and playing video games together. Um, so we're talking about how that's going to function now with the store being open and I've got the facility to mm. do broadcasting in store, which is, is good. Um, but having only one single staff member in the store and engaging with the online community is going to be challenging, but it is something that we're going to do. So I'm now looking at like net engagement um, as a target for my staff, not sale basis as per hour for staffing rates. So it's a, it's a completely different way of looking at the business and not yeah. looking at it on a sale-based target, but actually a community capital engagement. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's very, very different. And again, it's more work, but um, it's proving quite well. So today from 10 o'clock until 4 we did um, packing, unpacking the new um, Pokemon set. Uh, usually we'd only do that for half an hour to an hour at the counter um, with customers around. 
Um, this time it was four staff members, um, including myself, coming together and actually um, unpacking those, loading those online, and then uh, tomorrow is my job to pick those sales and then get them packaged up so that they can sent, be sent on Monday morning um, for those people. That's that's all a whole new process. And I think mm. there is some valid uh, validity to it um, because I am a legitimate business who sells that stuff, not a backyard seller that doesn't you know avoid tax or... Um, keep changing their, their corporation name constantly, which I know some of my you know competitors do locally that um, stock mm. the same stuff. Um, I'm, I'm very out there in the public, um, so, but I've you know I've only shared the same physical space as these people. Now we've been forced to go online. Uh, I think that that's going to be more of a common occurrence for all of the retailers that surround. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We uh, so we're hoping to um, update our website, which is something that we've been wanting to do for ages. And um, definitely, I mean, since 2018, we've had um, a YouTube and we film all our events, and we've been doing videos of our tournaments and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I really want to up the community engagement that we do through that side of things, especially because video is a big part of my background. Um, so moving forward, the website is going to be uh, a bit more community focused with um, events, tournaments, uh, all those kind of things. Um, essentially, uh, it's like a one-stop shop that's everything's going on in 89, but with more statistics and few things put in uh, behind behind mm. the scenes. I'm not doing a very good job of pitching it. Essentially, it's because um, <laughs> it's a, uh, one of the things is, like, we, we started a Discord as well, and the Discord really was for us to talk to our regulars and all that kind of stuff and keep, keep them updated to what's going on. And it's it's not... My worry is that we can't start something that's not going to be sustainable moving on. Uh, yeah. You know, and there's no way, as a small business, because 89 is a small but potentially, you know, it, it's a bigger business, than, but it's a small business. Um, so I can't uh, keep that running on my own uh, going forward when hopefully mm. everything yeah. goes back to normal so that's why we're going to go a bit more website focused um update that put a lot more features in there um a lot more video mm -hmm. a lot more twitch streaming a lot more uh live um events uh, a lot more live and uh video interactions which might be live shows that we might do that involve like multi-camera rigs and all that kind of stuff um so there's mm -hmm. all that kind of weird fun stuff that i'm looking at hopefully doing as well as just trying to run a really fun bar <laughs> with with it with a skeleton true like it's yeah, yeah it's it that's kind of what i'm trying to focus on and the reason why i'm being vague is because i've only really sat down and started thinking about it last couple of weeks ago um yeah so, exactly you know yeah that's fair enough um and I guess I, I have a, a question that I don't know whether it opens a can of worms or or whatever, I don't know. But um, how do you see the retro gaming scene being impacted by 
all of this. I mean, uh, I've heard others say, for example, that you know pinball prices are going to crash and the retro <laughs> game collection values are going to dive oh and there's going to be big sell-offs and. Gosh, there's some wild theories mm. always thrown about in pinball. There are, but I mean, you, you can see the logic behind it, right? Because well, the unemployment rate is skyrocketing. Um, people don't have discretionary funds to spend anymore. Pinball machines are incredibly expensive. Um, collecting retro games at the moment is expensive. Uh, do we do we think things are going to change? Do we think things are going to crash? Um, yeah. There's been some movement, but there hasn't been a crash. So if you're looking at... Um, there's a couple of elements where I watch the marketplace um, very, very closely. And Mark, you spoke, spoke about this, um, I think, last podcast in regards to my website, where it's basically like stock market for trading card games and now video games as well. Um, yep. So uh, there's certain cards which have gone up and down in value based upon playability. If you've got no basis in which to play those cards, like no tournaments... Yes, those values have dropped, but they haven't dropped significantly because there are collectors of those those games. Um, mm-hmm. There are retro games which have jumped up in value. We sports and we um, uh, like um, just hardware has jumped up to enormous values. Um, you're talking about an entire we ver- uh, being around about forty dollars of a recommended retail on the second hand market. It is now eighty dollars. Yep. Um, uh, stock standard, forty dollar, forty to forty five dollars for a Wii Mote. Um, even your your nunchucks are twenty five to thirty dollars in values because everyone has bought up the entire stock in the marketplace. There's no stock left. Um, the Wii's the console that you, you know your auntie goes, "Oh, I've got an old that's right. Nintendo in my yeah. garage." Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's like, cool. oh great, cool. She's like, "I'm not sure what it is," and she gives you the bag and you open it up. It's a fucking Wii. <laughs> like, damn it. Well, that Wii is now worth the same price as a Mega Drive, but the Mega Drive has not dropped in value. So the collectible games, mm. um, from what we've found, have not jumped in value as high as what the stock standard retail games are. So you've got a lot of games such as Mario Kart, um, uh, you know, the standard Nintendo um, you know, Mario games, Sonic games and and Sega consoles, they've jumped up in value because that's the nostalgia hit and people are stuck in their households. There's going to be a glut mm-hmm. in the marketplace. People are then going to want to sell those on, but again, it's just the common goods. So if, if your question is whether you're going to pick up um, Symphony of the Night cheaply in six months' time, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that... There is an opportunity here for retailers like me to to almost ride the wave in selling things at what the previous market was. So we're selling um, those stock standard products because we're looking like we're cheap um, because that's what the market value should be and we're not capitalising on people sticking at home. Um, When Mm. people are ready to sell those on, I'm hoping that they will remember us and want to trade them into me. So then I can, you know sell them on or find new homes for those consoles. Um, yeah. And w- from what I've seen in regard to collecting PCBs and, and um, 
you know, candy caps myself, um, there's not too much of a market movement. Sure, there's there's more available online because people are starting to clean up their garage, but we're not seeing the significant crash which certain people have said that is going to happen. Yeah, I don't know pinball though. I guess so. Uh, yeah, I was actually just going to go onto that, and and Jimmy, you're um, quite intimately involved with the whole pinball scene do you see um any particular movements in the pinball prices i mean buying a brand new pinball machine these days is what 13 grand it's a lot of money do we see that coming down or do we see pinball manufacturers there's a bunch of pinball manufacturers now do we see some of those going out of business i don't know what what do you think um i like Kind of like Ben, I keep a pretty close eye on a few market spots for pinball every day. I haven't really noticed much of a difference. There's a similar amount of stuff being put online. The prices haven't moved up or down significantly enough for enough for you to notice. Um, and from what I've heard on a on a few other podcasts, is that the the home market is still going pretty strong. So right. there is people out there with still with money that are still boosting their collections. So. Um, I guess the only thing we're not going to see is new titles probably for a while. Um, yeah. Which you know, it's the new, it's the FOMO and the new title that drives the sales every six to eight weeks. So there's not going to be any of that. You know, I think um, Deep Roots and Stern were probably due to release new titles this month or last month that that they've that they've drawn back. Uh, mm-hmm. Spooky pinball aren't manufacturing, but that's okay. They've sold all their Rick and Morty, so that's that's not an issue for them. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I haven't noticed anything. And uh, hmm. yeah, okay. And a, and a question for you, Jimmy, uh, from Tony Joseph in the chat: When are you planning on running some more arcade repair workshops? That is a good question. I should talk to Dave about doing some streams of of such things. Um, we have talked about, um, like I do love a good tech stream, uh, especially mid mid pinball stream when things break and you got to lift the plate <laughs> and try and talk your way out of the the danger. So, um, uh, what Dave does? Dave's actually started streaming from home, um, which All right. talking about uh, the availability of of equipment. Um, streaming gear is getting pretty hard to come across because so many. Mm-hmm. I'd be fascinated to know the upkick in Twitch and, and other streaming services over the past two months of, of, of how, oh, yeah. much, how much they've increased. Um, but Dave has started streaming pinball and arcades out of his place every day because he's got such a big collection at home. Um, but his his tech knowledge is, is probably um, is what I'd love to see more of. Um, and even yep. doing... Um, stuff in-house, getting people in. Uh, even our, um, our pinball for beginners mornings that we've done have been uh, incredibly, the last one I got probably 30 to 40 people. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Mitch ran that where it's, 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 it's like from the beginning, it's this is, a, this is a play field, this is a pop bumper, this is a sling, this is a flipper, you know, some very yeah, right. stuff, but drawing in Drawing in people that literally have played pinball only a handful of times and getting thirty to forty people is pretty remarkable. So, uh, yeah, I'd love yeah, that's, to. That's awesome, man. That's yeah, great. I'd love to try that online. Even if you know, even if you announce a, 
a pinball for beginners stream and you only get five or five new people, it's still worth running and uh, yeah, we're, we're hoping to do a few masterclasses and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yep. Which I think would be really fun. Uh, hmm. Video. It's great. Video, video. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that leads on to my sort of next comment. Is there um, any particular events or, you know, large or small that you guys had planned for, you know, the rest of the year that's had to tra- change drastically? I mean, you've. <laughs> refitted them to go online or you've just cancelled them entirely i mean um yeah what's what was your year looking like and and now what does it look like after this current situation that's going on a week before sorry you go no no after you sir well a week before uh corona happened i um, removed two gondolas from the store um, and a, a cage and set up permanent tables and announced seven days of tournaments running every day um, plus additional tournaments at night and then this happened and we couldn't run <laughs> any tournaments so it was real confusing yeah, wow. for customers receiving that email and then like a week set later saying we're not running any tournaments and then three days after that saying actually we're closed and we're online only um so that was that was not the right decision (laughs) in in hindsight (laughs) um they're all online now um and yeah it's unfortunate but look when when we come back and we will come back um i'm committed to that plan and running those tournaments in some form and that's part of the discussion I think we have with our landlords because it's not just about rent relief but what can you do to support us in this new business model that we, we have and I've changed my business mm-hmm. model twice already um, and I was committed to, to altering it for this year um, and it, it needs to alter uh, it needs to, to support the community that are supporting us and have supported us through the hardest times which is this at the moment and that's what you can see through my yep. discord at the moment um, but it's it's a real shame, like to put in all of those um, sweat equity hours into planning for something. Um, you know, training up the staff, doing an alteration of staff contracts, um, and getting them all excited about that. Like my, my assistant manager Rune, who um, uh, Mark, I know you know. Um, like he's yeah. he's really connected with the community, and he's really excited to run these things. And he did a post. Um, saying that he's running this tournament and that just got slammed on social media and he he felt awful for it um and it's a real shame to see something which was also his dream just get destroyed for no um fault of either mine or his um and just completely out of our control um Mm. it sucks and it sucks for you know those 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 community people that that contact you saying, oh, you know, I was really looking forward to this. When are you going to be running tournaments again? And, I, and we got that question today in the stream, saying, oh, it's great. You know, you're looking at potentially opening next week for me to pick up stuff. But when are you actually going to run tournaments again? And I, we don't know the answer. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 sort of the plans are there and the um the events are still ready to go um it just pauses for an indefinite amount of time um people are looking yep. for that certainty no matter what and i get that call like the, the shop phone 
is now diverted to my mobile. So all day I'm saying to people, no, I don't have a Nintendo Switch in stock. Um, no one has a Nintendo Switch in stock, by the way. <laughs> There's a 22 million people in front of you in the line to buy a Nintendo Switch, according to Nintendo. <laughs> um, but not only that, you're getting these questions of saying, oh, uh, you know, well, when can I do this? Or when can I go and trade in things? When can I, you know, go to the stores? And we, we don't know. We, we just don't mm-hmm. know the answer. Um, yeah. So hard. What about you, Jimmy and uh, Ben C? Any uh, events, major, small, that um, have had to completely change due to what's going on? Well, uh, Ben and I were discussing, along with the, the other arcades in around Australia, about Battle of the Arcades, which was set for uh, yes. June 2021, I think. Um, I did... I kind of was thinking about the idea of... Um, just for the sake of, of a reason to for the community to get together, even if it was an online way of, of moving the event to an online main version of the event this year. But hmm. um, kind of talked it through with a few people, and um, you know, Battle of the Arcades. The most ama- the the best part of Battle of the Arcades is spending two days, twenty hours in in an arcade with your mates playing games. That's yeah, that's exactly right. It's the best part about it. It's the <laughs> It's the community part and the team element where you're, where you're all coaching each other and cheering each other on. So, And getting to know other people, right? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And then we could have moved it to, you know, uh, we could have put guides together on, you know, everyone could have had a camera going and done Zoom meetings for their teams and stuff, but I just don't, we just didn't think it would be the, the, the I guess, the, the true representation of the event. So that's been postponed, I guess, indefinitely. Yep. Um, hopefully it's something we can all if because there's the guys in New Zealand as well which are in the same boat as us so if if restrictions open in the same states at the same time and New Zealand's on board then fingers crossed we can look at October or November Um, Shame, I know Evan was looking forward to playing so many Boomer games (laughs) Terrible (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Probably 19 Sorry, Jimmy, after you, buddy. Sorry, man. Oh, I was going to say, it was, it's 89's year this year, so you uh, for Boater, I reckon. <laughs> well, yeah, these guys <laughs> taking it very seriously, which was, yeah. um, which was, good, which was good, both good. fun and terrifying. At the same time. <laughs> um, we last year. I'm keen to we get had, yeah. this year. It's, well, I've got to say, it, it's, it's, it's an awesome competition. And I love, uh, for us, 89, just how... Um, every year significantly gets bigger. Um, and I was yep. just going to say, um, that's the thing about 89. We've been a, a slow burn venue. Um, you know, we didn't open up and erupt. We've just slowly, slowly been growing over the years. And that definitely is the case with our events. Um, uh, so I really found, thought that this year we'd found our feet in terms of like things like we have the Retro Arcade Club every Sunday, every first Sunday of the month, which is our kids event. That got really popular tail end of last year and this year. So it's really sad that we've had to obviously postpone that indefinitely. Trivia has been getting, well, it's, a lot of the guys on here come to our trivia. I've actually had a lot of people ask for us to put that online. So we're going to look into doing that next week. Um, oh, nice. Uh, or next week or the week after. You've got to um, watch um, a certain team going to the toilet away from the camera. 
well, in between it, yeah. rounds two and three. Yeah, that's slightly. That's going to be hard to enforce bleak. online. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had, we had um, an event that we were planning called uh, the Metal Sluggathon, which we were in a Ooh. lot of. Um, uh, we're developing, and we're hoping to do that in September. Whether we still do that, I don't know. Tetris um, Championships this year haven't postponed it yet, but it's probably going to get postponed until the end of the year. I reckon. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, that's, in general, that's just how we're feeling 89 at the moment. It's like we're really, this year was set to be a, be a really big year. We had a great, strong first couple of months this year, and everything was like, yes, yeah, all this hard work is paying off. Um, <laughs> and then obviously now it's like, oh. Um, but... I'm sure yeah. like a phoenix rising, rising from the ashes um, events and everything will return when it's safe for them to return. But yeah, for us, it's been things like that have been a bit heartbreaking, like the Retro Arcade and VHS Flea Pit, yeah. the new event we were doing, which was like a screening of um, VHS mm. Classics, which again is something I've wanted to do for three years. It's taken three years to get that into place, get the space, get the venue up to scratch, get everything in place and you know all that's been mm. postponed. But you know, yeah. it's uh, it's all um, has to be done. We've got to keep people safe. So hopefully, everything will come back in the future. But yeah, it's kind of it is sad. I miss I miss just hanging out with people, and because um, yeah. you know, like like Jimmy, we do a lot of everything's done in house at eighty nine. Like all the boys and girls are in, involved in doing events and stuff. So it's really whenever we put something on, it's really. It's just really good fun. So I think that's what I'm missing uh, probably the most out of being closed at the moment. But, yeah, it'll be back. Yep. Everything will be back. It'll be fine, guys. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, um, yeah I'm ex- absolutely chomping at the bit to uh, get into a bar arcade or retro game store or whatever yeah. and just um, catch up with friends. And, yeah, it's it's a... It's a fantastic community, and uh, we need to support each other as much as possible um, because the retro gaming scene was just really starting to take off, and, and this whole situation seems to have put a dampener on that. But I'm just really hoping that uh, once we come out of the ashes, like uh, Ben C mentioned, as like a mm. giant phoenix, mm. um, we can come <laughs> back and even stronger. Um, and just on that note, I mean, I'm conscious of time. We've been recording for about two hours and you guys are, are busy guys managing businesses. Um, just as a last sort of comment from you all, how can the community support you doing what you do and getting through this difficult time? Who's going to go first? <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I, I gotta say, we've been very lucky at 89. Like when I did the, um, uh, initial beer deliveries even though we're doing the uh the bottle shop stuff i had a lot of regulars just hit me up just email me um bought a lot of um stock a lot of support uh so when we do the bottle um launching next week come and give us a visit come and buy some booze that will really help us when we get it's the website it's not luck ben sorry it's it's people it's not luck ben it's people appreciating 
all the hard work you put in. <laughs> oh well, yeah, and I, I just, I, <laughs> yeah, I, it's 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 hard to put into words how um, wonderful the support's been. Um, so I, mm. I I do feel lucky, um, as well as yeah, yeah. As I said, we're starting to see things kind of going our way at the beginning of this year, and I think the support that we've had since closing has really. Um, shown that we are getting there which is great and uh, i can't thank everybody enough for their support um so bottle o when we open come by booze um website when we get that updated redone we are doing merchandise we will probably do vouchers that kind of stuff um yeah and it's not just financial it's just going on the facebook having a chat We've got a Discord. Yep. Come and say hi. I mean, the Discord is going to be hard to keep going, but the Facebook is where we do a lot of our communicating um, what's going on and all that kind of stuff. So come and uh, come and say hi. Comment on the posts. Um, yeah, come and just be part of it while we're all closed. Cool. Much the same. Uh, we're doing our takeaway, so I guess any support there. But uh, for me personally, more like if you – if just jumping on a Twitch and saying hello, even if it's like a two-second, like, um, hey, it's me, uh, great to see you online, just saying hello, because that... Hello. It's not me online, but somebody... you're looking for? See, just that, that'd be perfect. <laughs> you can do that. Because <laughs> uh, that's not often me. There's a lot... I've been uh, getting a lot of people into... To do to do streams and trying to share the, share the love and the load there. The... Um, the arcade guys actually crushed this week. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Johnny. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Johnny, been fantastic, man. That's yeah, wonderful. John, uh, John, John Bond came in, uh, got a kill screen. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Bond. Johnny Bond, yeah. yeah Followed so good. by, I think the next day or two days later, Mike Kulikin got a million on Gallagher. Yeah. And yep. uh, awesome. Tannehill came in and showed off on um, uh, Space Laser. Oh, yeah. Speaking yep. of Mike, if you like Cold Brew. He's shipping statewide now. Really? Well, statewide? Nationally. Nationally. Yeah, I have a squealer, uh, have a squealer of it in my fridge. It is amazing. Didn't, um, was it, it was Tanner playing Space Laser, right? Did he get the world record or something? Well, there's no, there's no official tracks on T-Twin Galaxies, for example. Um, right. But I know that he, he got 103 or 100 and something on five man. Um... Hmm. 63 in a three-man game and I think uh, I think Richie Knuckles is hovering around the early 60s for a three-man game as well uh, right. though I don't know if there's any videos or anything like that so I know he's hoping to put both videos up on, on uh, TG soon uh, yeah nice they, did he do that thing that um, Richie Knuckles does where he tricks the game to um, not shoot you like it's this weird um <laughs> think so uh it happened i think it happened in queensland actually but there was this this um video that came out where they can actually um like uh position the ship so that you can just skip through and it's not actually shooting you it constantly misses you oh. so you can almost do the walk away trick like um yeah like alligator or pac-man where you can trick the ghost to constantly going around um yeah, the game does that. Hmm. It's not like you, Ben Benassik, to uh, use that um, 
tricking Gallagher to get a free beer no, in 1989. No, never right? happened. <laughs> no. Never happened at all. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> did I? I got rid of that t- like last year, didn't I? The free beer. I, I don't know. <laughs> it could have been between the third or the fourth beer that you've owed me. You haven't given me. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Where, who's counting? <sighs> not no not one. What about you, Ben? How can people get in contact with you and um, help you out? Uh, Well, so I have a Discord, I have a website, um, and I have uh, Twitch. So uh, thegamecenter.store is my website, um, and that links to all of the things. Uh, Center is spelt C-N-T-E-R. The American spelling? uh, Or the Japanese version of the american oh. english spelling yeah uh <laughs> so okay yeah um if you are wanting to connect to people that play um i guess console games or trading card games um board games and dnd um we own a a retro game store we're one of the few game trader stores that actually still support um and um promote uh, a lot of retro game products in in the store and I want it to remain that way um, so if you're after any retro game products just just give me a yell or if you're after any even tips of um, you know constructing a deck or board games to play during um, isolation periods or you know, self-isolation periods um, or, or getting consoles working just reach out and, and ask we're always happy to help anyone um, and that's that's a lot of the joy, actually, in getting people um, back to those memories um, and then telling them that actually in the Nintendo 64 actually is that bad. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great, great experience. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like, uh, yeah, contact me on the website or through Facebook, um, and we're always happy, happy to help. Nice. Awesome. Yes, awesome. Um, John and Matt have been rather quiet because, again, we wanted um, people, well, you guys, the special guests, to to talk. But uh, do you, John or Matt, have any particular questions for our three very special people? Yeah, I know Matt's going to give me the opportunity to talk first because that's just how it goes on this podcast. Um, (laughs) You know what? Something I noticed uh, recently on one of the Netherworld streams is the ultimate denizen paintings, and I think that that's amazing. I want to know, Jimmy, whose idea was that, and who painted them? <laughs> uh, the the idea for the event and the the portraits was my idea, um, and then a, a, a lot of uh, Shani Finch, who does a fair amount of our online posters. She does most of our chalkboard art, does, does the portraits. Um, they're amazing. It's a, uh, it's a great honor to be immortalized on the walls mm. here. So, uh, Johnny, Bond, Johnny Bond took out the first year, which was uh, pretty remarkable because he played his games on the way to the airport and flew to London <laughs> from here. I think on his way to Denmark, so he didn't realize he'd won until... Um, until he got off the plane, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then Sean Ruland in the second year. Um, and last year's, or yeah, last year's winner was Mike Pascale, which was a massive, uh, 
Uh, massive curveball. No one picked Mike as a, as a contender for for this for that year. Um, but we'll, we should do it again. It's normally around November we do Ultimate Denizen, so fingers crossed we get it in again this year. Um, it is such a how cool does that idea. actually work? What's the what's the competition that happens? Well, Ultimate Denizen. So the idea was to find the ultimate the ultimate gamer at Netherworld. So you play all eras of pinball. Uh, so usually a 70s game, a 90s and a modern, um, all eras of arcade, uh, a couple of consoles, uh, usually a shooting game, usually a driving game. Uh, this year we threw in a curveball, this year we threw in a VR game, we threw in Beat Saber, oh, man. the massive curveball. Um, um, Matt would have taken that. <laughs> it was, um, for a lot of people it was the first time they'd ever done VR, so that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we're trying to find the best, the best all rounder, but it's a, it's a tough competition because the, the arcade purists don't play because they're not good at pinball, and the pinball mm. play because they don't think they're good at arcade games. Mm. Yeah, so it's a bit different. Hopefully this year, like uh, Mike, Mike Pascala, who won this year, is a, is overall a pinball player, so. Um, maybe that'll spark a, a few of the pinball guys to realize they're a chance. So, uh, so can someone tough, win though. twice? Can Mike win again? I hope so. I, w- I would love to see a three-peat up on that wall. So he's going to get a separate, uh, a second portrait? Yeah, I would I would absolutely love that. It would be, uh, <laughs> it would be awesome. Uh, do they, do they have any say on how the portrait there. ends up or is it like completely up no, to the No, they did. Artist? Well, I, I threw up the idea for the, the crocodile tape tail behind Johnny Bond, which if you, if you don't know that story, you should just Google Johnny Bond and Crocodile. It'll be the best uh, half hour of your life. Um, the first time I did it's that, pretty appropriate. it's so good. I It must have been Arcade Armageddon was the first time I met Johnny. and uh, First time I met a lot of the, the guys that know the world or a lot of our, um, our friends now and regulars, but everyone kept calling Johnny Bond Croc. And after everyone left that night, I Googled Johnny Bond and Crocodile. And it was worth every second. It was amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Actually, it would be good to explain the the art style of the portraits for people who haven't seen what they are. Yeah, so Johnny, they're kind of very regal-looking portraits. Um, yeah, Johnny Bond was first, so he's got a, a big crocodile tail behind him. Um, Sean Rulins was... Um, uh, Shani just took artistic license on his kind of... Uh, a uh, tentacled beast over his shoulder, uh, <laughs> and then uh, this year I uh, I did ask Mike if he had any requests, and um, Bubble Bobble was one of his favourite games growing up, so he's got nice. three Bubble Bobble creatures on his shoulders, and two on one side and one on the other. Uh, awesome! So, and we get a local friend to frame them, and um, uh, yeah, Sh- Shiny Worms doing those every year, uh, but it's a tough format. You only get one game on every one one shot on every game so uh, right it is pretty cutthroat it's pretty stressful this year was uh you know, the most popular year we had a lot of players um uh but really fun format and it is quite it is a pressure pressure environment when it's one game best game on on so many especially when you're not you don't feel confident in a lot of the games and we don't tell anyone what they're playing until that morning so there's, oh, wow. there's no there's no warm ups there's no uh, 
Um, there's no time to dial in games or, or train in the weeks leading up. Everything is kept a secret until you arrive on the morning. Um, hmm. And then it is, a, uh, I guess, an honor system in that you don't come in, see the games, and then run home and practice them for four hours and come back. Uh, yep. No one's done that yet. Um, but <laughs> uh, really fun. It's one of my favorite events of the year. It's, uh, it's a great one. Hmm. Yeah, I need to come along for one of those at some stage. Yeah. Well, Barra, I think Barra was uh, considering flying over for one. Oh, nice. Yeah, he'd be a he'd be a it's short worth it for the portrait. Portrait. Oh man, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Getting hung up on the wall at Netherworld—that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, I didn't mention before, but we were talking about events. Obviously, we post or cancelled BPAC for this year. Um, ah yes, mm. a pretty hard decision to make. Uh, I guess I got pretty, yep. pretty swamped in Netherworld stuff from I guess through all of March and into a little bit of April, and then um, you know put an email out to the committee and and um, pretty much unanimous decision that that cancelling was the right thing to do. Um, hmm. Just with too much uncertainty and and trying to pick another date. Um, It'd just be terrible to give people a date and then have to cancel that date again. Uh, yeah. Especially with so many people coming from interstate and you know half a dozen or a dozen people coming from overseas. So yeah, uh, tough, tough one. And then date-wise for next year, I was um, I got all excited and wanted to pick a date for 2021, but we're kind of reliant on um, the NRL footy season because it's right next to Suncorp there. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and the, the NRL, uh, what do you call it, fixture doesn't come out until November. So it, hmm. it may be the case that we'll have to wait until then because BPAC was slotted right in between. Um, there was a 10 or there was a 13 day period there at the start of, or in a start of August where there was only one match at Suncorp and hmm. where we. Um, that's where we'd slotted the event, so we, we may have to wait until the fixture comes out in November to to find it. Right. How does that how does that affect you guys um, well, it's having just, a football match? It's just Suncorp when it's packed, like the brewery is literally on the same street as the stadium. I mean it wouldn't the, the effect would be that you can't park within a five kilometer radius of the of the space. Right. And yeah. you'd be competing like you'd be you'd be competing with public transport with potentially forty thousand other people, so just, yep. it's just not ideal. I mean, we could we could definitely do it. And actually, the original date for BPAC this year, the Friday night, there was going to be a match at Suncorp, and um, we would have um, tra- we would have expressed that to everybody and given them as all the information they needed. But on that day, on that very first Friday, which uh, what did we have? Built in, we had a um, level five Donkey Kong speed run tournament and a pinball tournament. But that night alone, you would have had to have got public transport or an Uber in. Um, just yep. on top of that, the venue, like if, if there's going to be 150 to 300 of us upstairs plus six or seven, 600 people in their downstairs area, that's a pretty wild. Um, wild yeah. time for them. So that ideally for them, they would prefer we we pick. Days, weekends without an event on, but they also said yeah. they could do it if, if it came to it. Yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, I'd love to. I would yeah. to announce a date uh, today, but it looks like we're gonna have to wait a couple of months. Right. Or six. 
Yeah, it was um, yeah devastating for a lot of us because um, all of us, we, we head up for BPAC. Um, myself, Ben Campbell, Ben Benassik, Matt, John, um, Evan, all of us guys, we... We head up for, for BPAC and um, a bunch of the people, regulars in the Discord chat. We love that event and uh, looking forward to it, but you made the right decision. You, you need to, considering the current situation, you need to cancel it and then try and look for next year. I mean, it just wasn't going to work, so yeah. it's unfortunate, but yeah, it's, it's the right decision. All right, well, um, I think we're done, and like I said, uh, we didn't want to take up too much of you guys time because you're obviously busy people we've already recorded for two hours now so we might call it unless there's anything in particular any of you three wanted to mention ben campbell slash did, um, ben Benasic slash jimmy nails did matt have a question because he did not get to ask a question uh, i mean i gave him my question during our break is that when is ben campbell going to have the beer list from 89 on the website. <laughs> so, uh-huh. I'm, I'm the proud owner of a growler and I need to fill it up. Yes, I can, I can help you out then. I can help you out. It's all good. Excellent. Yeah. Alrighty then, that sounds good. So, thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System Discord at gamethesystem.co slash discord. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. Please rate us on iTunes because that's the only way we um, get found out by people who find our podcast. Um, But also please do check out Netherworld Arcade at netherworldarcade.com. Game Center slash Game Traders, MacArthur Square at gamecenter.store and 1989 Arcade Bar at 1989.com.au. Thank you so much, um, our three special guests, for coming on, talking about their experiences, and, um, you know, we can't emphasize enough the amount of difficult, um, just, yeah. How, how difficult your current situation mm. is at the moment. It's um, it's terrible. There's a lot of stuff going on, and, uh, yeah, I completely empathise. Not that I can, you know, understand everything that you're mm-hmm. going through, but I empathise with the difficulties. So um, we appreciate yeah, everything that you guys are doing. Thanks so much. And, yeah, exactly. It was, it's great to hear just the insight into the, the background of these businesses and... Uh, the steps that you guys are taking to um, just um, uh, adapt to the situation. Yeah. Yep. It's really, really tough. So thank you guys so much. Um, And thanks for the readers for listening. Uh, Catch us next time where apparently we're doing episode 64, the best Commodore 64 game of all time. (laughs) I say apparently because there's also chances of doing an episode 63 and three quarters. Can we we just skip to the end of the 64 episode? Last Ninja 2. Last Ninja 2. Just declare Cannibal the winner. That's all you need to do. Just say Cannibal wins and then it's all good. Save everyone the time. It's great. See, this is getting controversial now. I feel like it's not fair to include Cannibalt because it's not like an original game. That's not the point. <laughs> Look, we're not going into this right now. We're closing episode 63 and a third. We can talk about this in episode 64. Thanks so much, Jimmy Nails, Ben Campbell, Ben Benassic, 
and we will see you next time. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.